Um, I've got to be honest, I, I'm excited that Christmas has begun. I, I like Christmas. How many of you have done all your shopping? Like, you've got it done, you're finished. There is! Look, I knew there'd be, there is! There's a few people already when their hands up. Oh, you guys, you drive me nuts. It's... <laughs> There's always some, it's like, yep, got it done. My wife's like that. She's like on the laptop, she's buying online. I mean, she's just incredible. How many of you haven't even started your Christmas shopping yet? Yeah, there we go. There's my friends out there. That's, uh, it's just crazy. And then, uh, okay, let me ask you this. How about decorations? Any of you got your decorations up? How have you got, well done, awesome. How about the outside? Any of you dads, husbands out there on ladders, got the lights up? Great job. We just, Casey and I, we just got the tree up this last week. She's normally a bit sooner than this, but obviously with all that's happened, it was a bit delayed. So just this last week, we got all the decorations up. I had to climb up and get them all down. And I got all the direct decorations out. And do you know, we found a present from last year that was still wrapped. Has that ever happened to you? It's a shame because the kids would have loved that puppy. But, um. <laughs> you know how nervous I am when I build up to a joke like that because I really want to deliver it right, so. <laughs> and then I've got to stop <laughs> giggling at myself. So. <laughs> You know, with the shopping and the decorations and, and everything else, there's one other hallmark that really kind of defines Christmas, and that's the music. You know, whenever you go to the stores and the music's playing, I know there's always someone who's like frustrated because they're like, I can't believe they're already playing Christmas music. It's July, or whenever it is that they start playing Christmas music. But once you get into the Christmas season, it's just great to be out and hear the music playing and hear the carols. Because it's not just the Christmas songs, it's those carols. And when you hear them, it takes it back to all the times you sung them growing up. Because some of these songs are hundreds of years old. And it reminds you of a, a childhood maybe singing these songs. And, and each one maybe brings up a, a unique memory or a new, unique time of your life. So this series, Carols, we're looking at different Christmas carols that maybe you and I sing without even thinking about the words. We've sung them for so long. And with each carol, we're going to kind of narrow in on maybe just one phrase in that carol and say, you know, we've seen this all the time, but have you ever really thought about what this line in this song really means? Because I heard someone say once that, you know, Christians don't tell lies, they sing lies. And the idea being that sometimes we sing these songs and we, we read the words and we're singing away, but are we really meaning what we're singing? You know, let's be honest, as, as the band led this morning and we joined in on, Oh, come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. How many of you this morning were saying, yeah, I'm joyful, I'm triumphant? Or are we just kind of singing it because you know the words? Like I said, at Christmas time, I don't always feel the most joyful and the triumphant. As I told you, Casey is the, the queen of shopping. She's literally got almost all of our Christmas shopping done already, which means there is only one person that I have to buy a gift for. Casey, yeah, the queen herself, who is like the best shopper in the world. So I don't know why this happens, but somehow I always find myself in American Eagle on Christmas Eve. It's around 6 p.m. And for some reason, the, the selection of socks and gloves are really poor. I'm like, come on. You know, someone is in this store needs to realize that if we kept a load back and just brought them out on Christmas Eve, dads and husbands would be overjoyed because like a choice finally for us guys who waited till tonight to buy our wife a Christmas present. 
So the truth is, I was joining with you this morning singing, O come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant, whereas really I probably should have been singing, O come, all ye procrastinators, stressed out and defeated. Because very often, during the Christmas season, that's how I find myself, and I've only got to buy for one person. But you know, maybe you're here this morning and it's, it's not Christmas shopping, maybe it's, it's just life. You know, Christmas can do that, can't it? When there are troubles in our life, when we're going through hard times, sometimes we can kind of get through it, depending on the time of the year. But Christmas, it's like all that joy, all that merriment, it just kind of magnifies the difficulties that we're going through. And it's said, you know, that people who struggle with, you know, depression or even suicidal thoughts, it happens much more around Christmas time because of the great, you know, feeling of joy it seems that everyone else has. Maybe you're here this morning, it's not shopping, it's, it could be a financial struggle. And again, during Christmas, that's magnified because of the, the pressures of finances. Maybe, maybe your marriage, you're kind of looking at your marriage here as you come to the end of the year and you're like, I, I don't know if it's exactly where I want it to be. Maybe this morning it's just hanging on by a thread. Maybe your career, maybe you just pictured yourself at this stage of life doing something different or being a, a different place than you find yourself right now. It could be, it could be health issues, something out of your control, a, a sickness you're battling with. But whatever it is, There's a truth that many of us here this morning may not be feeling faithful or joyful or triumphant, even though we just sang it together. Well, the good news is this morning that Jesus isn't expecting us to be all of these things. In fact, I believe on the contrary. I think he wants to be all of these things to us. So that we in turn can experience it ourselves. He wants to be our faithfulness. He wants to be our joy. He wants to be our triumph. Because Jesus knows who we are. He knows where we find ourselves this morning. It's no different now than when he he walked as a man on earth 2,000 years ago. Listen to what one of his disciples said about Jesus, a guy by the name of Matthew, who tells one of the the four accounts of Jesus' life. In Matthew chapter 11, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. A little bit earlier on, Jesus says, On hearing this, Jesus said, It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. For I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. You see, that's great news for me this morning, knowing that Jesus didn't come looking for people that were faithful, joyful, or triumphant. In fact, just the opposite. When I read those words of Jesus, I realize that he came looking for the weary, and the burdened, and the sinful. Which is where many of us may find ourselves this morning. But he came to help them and to help us today to experience that faithfulness, that joy and that triumph through him. So I want to do that just for a few minutes here this morning. Look at those three words in that line and say, you know, how how do we experience that in our lives? When it talks about faithfulness, when it talks about joy, when it talks about triumph, how do we experience that? So that very first one, come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. What, What does that mean? You know, as I was thinking about this, you know, the, the, the idea of faithfulness and God's faithfulness, I, I thought about um, what it must have been like back in the 1800s when those um, expeditions were first taking place, you know, c- kind of going across the West and, and people were discovering parts of America they hadn't discovered before. And, and someone, uh, in fact, it's, it's true, historically, this, this group, they came upon in Yellowstone Park that famous geyser, and it's called Old Faithful. And this group, in fact, it says the leader of the name of this group was a guy by the name of Henry Washburn. He's the guy that named it Old Faithful. 
So he and some of his friends, they, they come across this, this geyser and probably for the very first time they just see this, this water shooting out of the ground and they probably didn't say, wow, we should call that Old Faithful. They wouldn't, would they? I mean, why would they call it that? They might have said, hey, we should call that Super Geyser or like massive amounts of water. You know, they probably had lots of names for it when they saw this thing just squirting out of the ground like that. But you know, the story goes that they spent the day there by this geyser. And they noticed something extraordinary, that it seemed that about every 90 minutes, almost like clockwork, this thing would go off again. So in the day that they were there, nine different times, they watched that geyser erupt. So it's no surprise that at the end of the day, they said, you know what we should call that? Old Faithful. And that's when it was named. Because time and time and time again, it would erupt faithfully, just like it had before. But maybe you're here for the very first time this morning. You're saying, Dave, you're telling me that God is faithful. I, I, don't, I don't know that I've seen that. I'm just now hearing you talk about this. Well, let me tell you this. There are some here this morning. They've been Christ followers for many, many years. They can tell you that God is faithful. Because they've experienced that faithfulness for many, many years in their own lives. You know, there's a great verse. It was written by the, a prophet by the name of Isaiah. It's in Isaiah 43, and he says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames, they will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Many of us here this morning who have been Christ followers for um, a, 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 long, a long enough time can tell you, listen, we've seen him be faithful. Now, that doesn't mean that he's protected us from the fires or the storms. We've been through some fires. We've been through some storms. In fact, that's exactly what that verse says. It says that um, you will walk through fire. There will be difficult times in your life, but you will not be burned. The flames, they will not set you ablaze. Why? Because when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. That's what God is promising us there is that I'm not saying you're not going to go through tough times, but here's what I am saying. I will be with you. Always, through the good times and the bad. And I'll be honest with you, some people this morning could come and tell their story and say, I actually felt God with me more. I experienced his faithfulness even more during one of the toughest times of my life. There are many here this morning who, just like those guys who said, we should call that old faithful because we've seen it happen again and again and again, can say, you know what, I can call God faithful because I've seen him again and again and again. And some of you, it'll be a step of faith to say, well, I, uh, you know, but you, until you step into God and say, God, I want to experience your faithfulness as well. You won't get to see it, but you can hear the testimony of others this morning who say, we've seen God to be faithful in our lives. So come, all you faithful, joyful and triumphant. So what does it look like to be joyful? You know, we all sang it earlier. Were we smiling when we sang it? Or were we like smiling thinking, yeah, right, joyful, really? Can I make a suggestion this Christmas time? If you're looking for some, some joy in your life, in the midst of all the chaos and consumerism and greed, and I, I talked with my congregation last Sunday, and I actually showed them a video I found on YouTube from Black Friday the day before, and I'm like, it kind of saddens me that this is like the, the mark to kick off Christmas. There were people in Walmart smashing each other with DVD players, and like grabbing them to save $6, you know, and I'm like, seriously? That's Christmas? That's, that's not joyful to me. 
Because it's about have, have, want, want, consume, consume. And, and really, I think it's the opposite. I think we find true joy not in receiving, but in giving. And I'm going to illustrate that right now with a video. And it's, um, it is actually a video from a, a department store, and it's their Christmas commercial. But I think the point it makes is very good. So check this out. commercial makes you cry (laughs) but it's such a beautiful idea this little boy just can't wait because he's got this gift he wants to give his mum and dad and that's the truth isn't it of Christmas you know there's so much joy in being able to give And maybe as a family, this is the year that we start a new tradition. You know, we get together with our kids and say, hey, listen, this year, don't get me wrong, I love celebrating Christmas with my family. I can't wait to buy the gifts for my kids and see them open them and just enjoy that day together. But I'd love the idea as well of being able to have this tradition where as a family we we give to others as well. Maybe there's someone else who's in need. And I'll be honest with you, I've... I knew this to be true up until three weeks ago. Now I know it so much to be true because I've experienced what it's been like to give to families in need over these last few weeks. And let's be honest, do you know where that source of joy comes from? I'll tell you right here at Christmas because another guy who, who told the story about Jesus was a guy by the name of Luke. And he wrote the following. It's probably the most famous Christmas story there is in Luke chapter 2. He said, the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all of the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. The angel is saying, I've got good news that will cause great joy. For all the people. You want to know what it is? It's a gift that God is sending to you. 
It's this baby that's being born right now. It's God's gift to every one of you. That's what brings joy. God has a gift, and the same is true today. To some of you here this morning, God's given you this gift. Do you know, many people here this morning have accepted that gift and unwrapped it and, and said, thank you, God, I, I accept that gift of Jesus. But, but some, and just like how sad it would be if I gave you a gift and you said thanks and you just kind of set it to the side. Maybe you're here this morning and, and you've not yet received that gift. You've not yet said, that gift's for me? And accepted it. And, and you could be visiting, maybe just at the invitation of a friend. But that gift is just as much for you 2,000 years later as it was when that angel appeared to those shepherds. And the great thing about the, the joyful line is it leads finally into the, the triumphant line. O come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Now, I know triumphant isn't a word that we use every day. You know, I know husbands don't come home from work and say, Honey, I had a triumphant day of work today. It was great. You know, it's just not part of our common, you know, language. But, but it is a, an emotion that all of us seek after. It's an emotion that we love. And when I was preparing my message, I was trying to think of a way to describe this the best way I could. And I, I remember the, the greatest experience I had of, of really ex- experiencing triumph was uh, last summer I was at the Olympics. I was there with my son and, uh, well, actually the whole family. We were in London when the Olympics were on. And uh, I just really wanted to go to some of the events while I was there. So I was always looking for tickets. And one night I was up really late. It was like about midnight. And I just happened to be on the ticket site. And these new tickets came available. So I didn't even like, pay attention. It was track and field. And I was like, I've got to do it. So I bought two tickets. And then once I got them, I was like, okay, so what am I going to see? And it wasn't the 100 meters. It wasn't any of the relays. I'm like, oh, what am I going to see? So, uh, but it turns out that one of the events I was going to get to see was the 10,000 meter race. And the 10,000 meter race, okay, there was a guy who was representing Great Britain. His name was Mo Farah. And he was a bit of a favorite. People thought, man, he could win the gold medal. So me and Will were up there in the stands and the gun goes off and, and off they run. And it's, it's a unique race because it's not like a, a, a 10 second race. In fact, I think it was 27 minutes. So it's not like you can get really excited. <laughs> okay, still, you know, you've you got to pace yourself with how much you cheer and get excited. And, and it's hard as well because you're watching them just run around the track and every minute they run by again in this pack. And sometimes he'd be at the back of the pack and sometimes he'd be at the front of the pack. And then he was in the middle and then he wasn't in the pack at all. He was like behind. And I didn't have the luxury of hearing a commentator saying things like, ah, he's planning this. This is a great place for him to be. So I'm like, is he doing good? Is he doing bad? Is he winning? Is he losing? So for about the first 25 minutes, I was pretty clueless as to what was going on. I mean, you, you may be surprised looking at my physique to know that I'm not really a keen runner. So um, I, I, I didn't know what the, the you know, the, the, um, the plan was. But as he would run by kind of three, four, five laps from the end, he would kind of run by us and all that section would cheer. And then we'd die down. Then he'd come back again, we'd cheer and he'd die down. Well, the last couple of laps, he starts to kind of edge his way to the front of the pack. So the second to last lap, he comes by and we cheer and we don't stop cheering. We're like, ah. And then as you go, and you can hear literally the whole stadium, it's kind of like one of those ways where it's just getting louder and louder. And then the last lap, 70,000 people in the stadium just, ah, cheering. And Will's here, he's 10 years old, he's like jumping around, he's got his flag, he's waving, and we're like excited. And then he gets to the finish line and he wins, he crosses the line. And you've got to realize that... I, the majority of the fans were British because it was on our home turf, you know, so this stadium erupts, we're high-fiving each other, we're hugging strangers, kissing people we've never met. 
we didn't kiss anyone. That's, that's, that's embellishing a little bit there. But, we, you know, we're like so excited. We just can't believe it. And in that moment, it was like just a tangible sense of triumph. It's like, yeah, I love this feeling. This is brilliant. And I think we like it so much because we want it in life. We want to experience that in every aspect of our lives. We like watching the movies where the hero wins or the game where the underdog comes back to win. And it's just exciting because we want to experience triumph. And the truth is, we get to experience triumphs in our lives. We may go through sickness, but sometimes, you know, thanks to wonderful doctors and medicine and discoveries, we can overcome sickness. You know, I know people who have had financial hardships, but they've worked hard and they've pulled themselves back together and they've overcome. They've triumphed over financial adversity. I even know people who have lost their homes because of a tornado, but are working right now on rebuilding it and are triumphed, triumphing because of that. But you know, there's one area that we've still not ever been able to triumph over. And that's death. Death itself. No matter how many scientific discoveries or how well doctors do at curing diseases, all they're doing is prolonging the inevitable. And that we will all fall victim one day to life's greatest enemy, and that is death itself. The writer of a book called Hebrews, he he noted this when he said, just as each person is destined to die once, and after that comes judgment. But you know what? This little baby that was born in a manger, he came to triumph even over death itself. That's great news to remember this Christmas time. You know, we read that prophecy earlier um, from Isaiah. There's another prophecy he wrote, and this just blows me away. It's in chapter 9 of his book, Isaiah chapter 9. And sometimes I have to kind of remind myself that he wrote this hundreds of years before Jesus was born. Because when you hear me read this, you're going to assume it was written the night of Christmas. You'll assume that this was written the night Jesus was born. But this was written hundreds of years before his birth. And the prophet, he, he wrote these words. He says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, of the greatness of his government and peace. There will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. You see, it wasn't just Jesus' birth, as fantastic as that was. All of um, history had been building to that point, and Jesus' birth was incredible. It wasn't his amazing life of doing good and teaching and and helping and, and performing miracles, although that was amazing. It wasn't even his death on a cross, even though that was a dramatic death. The great news about Jesus is that three three days later, he rose from the dead. It's his resurrection that we're able to stand upon this morning. Because in that moment, we see the greatest example ever of triumph. Man, if that was me in a stadium with 70,000 people, I just can't imagine what it would have been like in heaven when Jesus rose from the dead. Just that, yes! He has triumphed even over death itself. You know, I just read that verse, but there's a second verse that follows it. It says, just as each person is destined to die once, and after that comes judgment, so also Christ died once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. Because Jesus triumphed over death, we can be triumphant over 
not just everything in life, but the ultimate obstacle that every one of us will one day face. We can be triumphant even over death. Through that baby that was born in a manger, we can have a relationship with God. And even after death, can live for eternity in heaven with him. We can know what it means to be joyful and triumphant. And I want to challenge you here this morning because taught on the, the song, Oh Holy Night. That particular Christmas carol was written by somebody who wasn't even a Christ follower. He just happened to be a very good poet. And when you think about that, it's kind of sad because what that tells us is that he knew the Christmas story, but he didn't know the Savior. And some of us this Christmas time, we may know the Christmas story, but do we really know the Savior? Because God sent him as a gift for every one of us. He wants you this morning to experience his faithfulness. That he'll never leave you or forsake you, whatever you go through in life. He wants you to experience his joy. The kind of joy that happiness and circumstances can never bring. Just a joy that only God himself can bring in your life. He wants you to share in his triumph. The triumph that he claimed on your behalf by giving his life. He wants all of that so that we can sing together, all of us, and truly mean the words, O come, all ye faithful, joyful, and triumphant. Can we pray here together to close? Father, I love that as a church, we are going through this series right now because I believe, God, that we will sing these carols for years to come. But I pray, God, we'll never sing this song again without thinking more carefully about these words. How, O come all ye faithful, Lord, we, we know you to be faithful in our lives. It's your faithfulness that we're able to put our faith into. Joyful. That sometimes life does get us down, Lord, but you, you showed the greatest example of joy by giving your son Jesus to us. And triumphant. The fact that because Jesus wasn't just born in a manger, and that's what we remember at Christmas, he also died and rose again. And that's what we remember at Easter. Because of that resurrection, Lord, he was triumphant even over death. And we can share in that triumph this morning. Father, I pray for everyone here. If there are any, Lord, who are aware of the gift, but have not yet received it, before today is out, I pray, Lord, that whether it's driving home in the car, laying in bed tonight as their head hits the pillow, I pray they would just whisper that prayer to you. Say, Jesus, I accept that gift. I want you to be a part of my life. I want you to be the Lord of my life. And this would be the greatest Christmas they'd ever had because it would be the greatest present, the greatest gift they've ever received. Bless these great people, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.